Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. My name is Jay. You know my goal every Tuesday night is to bring you another trade show level business presentation to you wherever you are because your automotive business deserves the latest in logistics news. And if you're busy, and I know you are, you can skip ahead if you're watching on demand using the clickable video timecode links in the video description below. Please do go ahead and use those and leave a comment. Remember to like, share, tell your friends. Thanks for watching ATI. We sure do appreciate it. Dealers, consigners, remarketers, lenders, fleet management companies, vehicle recon, car repossession, transportation, vehicle inspections, CR grades, payments, titling, fees, arbitration, technology. What makes your auction the place clients want to bring their business? That's tonight's discussion on the Auction Remarketing Mavericks panel, which includes Dave Sutton, VP of Business Development at Motway, Rich Levine, VP of Leadership Development at Dignity Leadership, James Raymond, Regional Sales Director, ACB Auctions, and Sky Hallman, Founder and CEO, One Auction View. Plus, Ty Thompson is in the building so please join the live chat, ask your questions, share your thoughts, grow your business, break out of your vertical, because it's Tuesday Nights Live on ATI Auto Business. My name is Jay. I'm your host. Welcome back. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on a Tuesday night. Uh, it's Tuesday Nights Live, and we're doing another auction show. So, auction, remarketing, mavericks, what makes your auction the place where clients want to do business? So, let's jump into the uh, show lineup. Please, first of all, feel please do feel welcome here on ATI. If it's your first time, please do say hello. If it's your last time, go ahead and say hello. Uh, we're going to go into the live chat here in a few minutes and um, check in with everybody in the community. What's going on? If you got a question, if you got a thought, if you got an idea, a suggestion, there is obviously so much happening all the time. If you got a news article, a tidbit, share it. Uh, because we're going to go into industry news at the quarter hour. And I love industry news. Um, I love it and I hate it because I spend, it's not all day, but it's hours grinding through these news articles. What do I share? What do I point out? How much of the article do I read? Um, and yeah, there's just, and then organizing, it's really a lot. So hopefully you find it helpful. And in fact, let your business development department know, listen, man, you can just tune in. Jay's got Jay's got your industry news if you don't have time. Um, so that's pretty cool. We're going to bring in Ty after we do two parts of industry news plus a quiz show in between. And Ty is going to help me set up. Um, Ty loves the auction and loves the dealer. And so he was instrumental in helping me put this show together tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring in our auction remarketing Mavericks panel. Dave Sutton Motway, Rich Levine, Dignity Leadership, James Raymond, ACV Auctions, Sky Hallman, One Auction View. 
Because what is a maverick, right? Uh, does everybody appreciate a maverick buzzing the tower? Not everybody appreciates that. And yet the people that do really appreciate it. So that, boy, in a nutshell, that sums up what we do here at ATI. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, so let's do this. Oh, here, do me a favor. If you've got an opportunity, look around, see if you can find a like laying around just anywhere, just laying around on the floor. Go ahead and leave a like. You can click share, click copy, grab that YouTube link, share it on social media, let somebody know. You know what? Uh, ATI is, is another resource. You might want to check it into, check it, <laughs> check it into. Sure. Yeah, you can do that. You can check it into. Um, and if you're just lost, call or text high 417-483-2764. We are really trying to help. You know, if you, do you feel befuddled by a get rich something? I still see, I can't believe how much I still see. Like, really? In this market, you're going to make a get rich quick video? Or like, you know, just, you know, persevere. Forget the numbers. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't understand it. So if you're as confused as we are by some of that, call or text Ty. He wants to help you. You know, let's talk it through. You know, let's let's see if there's... Is there something that we're missing? Or is it something that you're seeing that you just want to verify? Maybe that's what it is. I'll tell you what. Do me a favor. Stick around right after this. We'll go into the live chat. We've got a lot of news. Strap yourself in. Everybody wants to be part of a bigger story. Auto transport is a vital part of that story. Vehicle reconditioning starts when your transport arrives at the dealership. The story starts with you. For our auto retail customers, as yours, full satisfaction. Ship Your Car Now presents Integrated Automotive Transportation Solutions. When your car buying customers are on your dealership website shopping for vehicles, they can easily find an instant shipping quote. By entering simple information, first name, last name, email, and phone number, delivery zip, delivery state, and clicking the button, get your shipping quote. Choose from express shipping, enclosed transport, and proceed to checkout. Review the order summary. Enter the delivery street address and city and click next. Simply enter your credit card information just like any other online shopping cart. And when you are ready, click review your shipping order. Check your shipping order one more time and choose proceed to checkout. Your delivery is all set. If you want to ship your car now, go to ship your car now. Ship Your Car Now provides a full suite of vehicle shipping services for all types of businesses. That's why Ship Your Car Now offers trusted carriers good paying loads that pay fast. Visit shipyourcarnow.com. Link in the live chat. All right, cool. So let's go ahead and uh, here we go. Let's get it. For the, for the community, give it up for the community. Jumping into the uh, live chat. You're going to see the current live chat. I'm going to jump up to the top. Ty got in here first. Is this where I get my auction updates? Well, we're going to find that out. Ty, is it going to be... It's going to be an interesting panel tonight. 
Um, and before I go any further, I had a meeting, I had a meeting earlier today talking about, you know, getting back to the basics. What is this channel about? Uh, why have we grown so far beyond just the carrier? And, you know, I, I, this is tough because I'm pro carrier. I love the carrier. I think that the carrier works really hard and has a really tough job. I wish more carriers would learn the rest of the automotive ecosystem. I don't know why so many don't. And when you when you you're booking off the load board day after day and you're frustrated with the rates, but you're not learning where any of those loads came from. God, I'm so confused. Okay, let's keep going. I'm gonna whisper through the rest of the show. Carlos Braxton is here. What's going on, Carlos? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Carlos is always here learning about what's going on. It's amazing. You could probably quiz Carlos about all aspects of automotive. And he, I think he would do pretty well. So thank you so much, Carlos. Will Morris is here, the vehicle transport coach. What's up? What's up, Will? Uh, howdy. It's great to see you, Will. Um, we consider you part of our ecosystem. I know Ty and I both think about you. Will has been participating in different shows on ATI. I mean, Cars on the Move. There were some great Cars on the Move shows with Will last year. Maybe even in 2021. Will, did when did we start having you on this channel? That's a good trivia question. When did Will Morris? Okay. Um, hey, Mark Rodeke is in here. Superflow Systems. What's up, Mark? And I'm um, sure to appreciate you, buddy. I'm. What I did is... Uh, um, Kimberly's on assignment today, so I, I grabbed the links. I just went ahead and put in the Superflow link once again, because we do appreciate folks that participate, contribute, um, and in fact, uh, yeah, McAllister's video edit, that's going to be coming out soon. Really nice. That edit came out really well, so, um, proud of that stuff. Annie DeServo, really, is here. That's awesome. So we caught up with Antoinette. Is it? Do you go by Annie? Antoinette. We met Antoinette at NADA. Again, these trade shows, we can't stress enough. I know it seems weird or whatever, expensive or time consuming. I don't know. These trade shows are essential golden nuggets to what's happened on this channel. And that's why we talk about it so much. So, Annie, thank you so much joining us that's cool Danny B is here what's up Danny B Danny B makes it into a lot of Thursday shows you'll find a different tone here on a Tuesday night I'm the same guy I'm the same old crummy dispatcher no I don't dispatch any. I got asked again today do you still dispatch I don't dispatch anymore that was making me crazy you think I'm crazy now you should have seen me when I was dispatching um, but when you join on Thursday's show, boy, oh boy, do you get the nuts and bolts of frustration. So join us on Thursdays at noon. Um, John Larrick is here. What's up, John Larrick? Thanks for tuning in, saying hello. Jo John is going to be up on stage with us. Here's what we're going to do, John. Uh, newsflash, you don't already know this, I'm just telling you live, is we're going to, in about a month, about six weeks, we're going to do a... Because John is going to be live with us at Car Conference for the uh, Heavy Loads Ahead panel. Still working on that a lot. 
Ty and I are both working like crazy on our car stuff, which is great because we're like six to seven weeks ahead, which is great because we really, really want it to be great. Um, and uh, so we'll do, John, we'll do like a pre-panel like a week or two before car conference. So look for that. Let's see here. What else we got? Why, why, why email you offline when I can just tell you live? Kelly Love is here. Kelly, thanks for saying hello and tuning in. We've seen um, Kelly in here a lot. Got the OAV logo going on. One auction view. That's awesome. Thank you. It was 2021. Yeah. Doesn't, isn't that wild? Like, but yeah, it was 2021. 2021 sounds like a lot. Like, I feel like when I, when I say 2021, I start looking for my mask. Which I don't want to do. Don't do that. I saw somebody go into a restaurant with their mask on, and they walked in and realized, man, nobody was wearing it. Um, yeah, let's do some more cars on the move. I'm all over the road again. I-95 corridor. Great. Yeah. Hook up with Ty. What's Ty's number? 417-483-2764. Did you know that random people on LinkedIn now know Ty's phone number? ATI to the moon. Well placed. That's good timing. You can make martinis in the super chat just like Ty. Please do it. It helps us. Chris Chamberlain is here. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday. Ramping up recon build in anticipation of tax season sales. Yeah, how's tax season going to be this year? You know, what's the prognosis, doctor? All right, it's 7.15. Man, we landed this plane right on time. I promise you there's going to be so much industry news. You're going to have information coming out of your ears by 8 o'clock. So do me a favor, stick around right after this. We're going to go into industry news. We'll be right back. Transport AutoQuoter is by far the leading auto-quoting software on the market and the only auto-quoter with a pro version that comes preset with accurate pricing for anywhere in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about it. The best part is that no change with your current software is needed. Just plug TAQ in and start booking jobs. Carriers can easily plug TAQ into their current websites and start making money right away. I bet you're wondering how we do this instantly and accurately 24-7. Well, constant analytics is the key. Our PriceWatch team is constantly monitoring current market conditions, paying close attention to seasonal and quick-moving industry changes. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of time and data to maintain good pricing, time that most of us just don't have on a daily basis. So free yourself up. Using TAQ Pro is really a no-brainer. Save time and money, maximizing your leads and optimizing your online investments. You'll finally be able to sleep well at night knowing that TAQ is on the job selling for you 24-7. Never missing a potential job. Are you searching for that midnight auto shipping quote and new lead software you can trust? Provide instant, accurate quotes online with Transport Auto Quoter and move cars fast with ProABD CRM. Visit SuperFlowSystems.com and the link is right there in the live chat. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. Swing bada bada. Martini's in the live chat. TAQ with ProABD. Awesome auto transport business. Thank you, Mark. That's right. 
And we did a cool show. I was thinking about this recently. Can a carrier be the broker? Can a carrier be the broker? Was a Friday show on Cars on the Move where we talked about what does it take for a carrier to be a broker? It takes several things, actually. It's not easy. It's not for everybody. But if you're building your business, eh, might want to look into it. And what is one of the things you're going to need? Great technology. Superflow Systems, you need Transport Auto Quoter to help you give quotes when you can't get to the phone, which is going to be a lot because you're going to be busy. And you need Pro ABD CRM to manage those leads that you're giving quotes to because you got customers coming out of your ears. Something like that. Let's go into industry news. Here we go. Auction Remarketing Mavericks show 280 in a row on a Tuesday on ATI. Uh, I saw this recently. Last week was another 46% sale rate. That means 54% of all inventory did not sell. This is when it's going to matter how your auction compares to the other auctions. When things get tight, competition is the name of the game and you're going to have to be able to compete. And if you if you're if you're blowing your sales fees out the nose and your customer service is minimal, good luck with that. In fact, uh, Sky sent me this. Mannheim buy fees increased to the moon. Um he wasn't feeling too great about it. Yeah, that might affect your next move on your next purchase. But you know, Jay we had this show, Courting the Consigner, where we got to meet and talk to consigners about what gets their business. Yeah. They got several things they're looking for. Hi, selfies ain't one of them. Uh, and on ATI, we talk front of the store, back of the store. We encourage you, walk around. Walk around. Go to the side. Check out the roof. Go to the basement. It's a big ecosystem, and that's why we keep moving around. And tonight, auctions and services, there's a lot to unpack there. So, um, yeah, exactly. $1,000 before you even get your car? Nice. there any profit left at that point? Hmm. Kind of brutal. We are, among other things, we're following the disconnect between sales and operations. Just because you can sell it doesn't mean it can be fulfilled the way you sold it. So let's watch that, okay? That's why we talk about the transportation dumpster fire. And we prove it every week. I know. It's not... <laughs> it's not fun. It is what it is. I mean, you know, we didn't create it. We're just reporting on it. You know, really we're still selling home delivery? I'm telling you... Right now, people will take any delivery. Here's one in the independent dealer. Good afternoon. I'm so tired of dealing with transporters. Can anyone recommend a broker? I need brokers who work nationwide. Okay, there, there it is. You didn't think it was there? There it is. And I know nobody wants to hear this, but this is out there. Why? I don't know. 
I'm going back to Facebook to argue over the weather. Let's move on. Ship.cars debuts enhanced features for auctions and dealers with DriveAway. Ship.cars, provider of software solutions for the car hauling industry, released a host of new features to support auto transport for auctions and dealers. A practical addition to its LoadMate Pro, DriveAway digitizes and brings efficiencies to dispatch transportation process for short-distance single-vehicle shipments. More of what you're going to be seeing and have been seeing. DriveAway empowers shippers to create and dispatch loads directly to their own DriveAway drivers and get digital updates within LoadMate Pro platform. DriveAway reduces manual processes and the need for old-fashioned tools to save time and increase transparency during the dispatch and transportation shipments. After creating their loads, auctions can automate the dispatch process, assign vehicle identification numbers directly for DriveAway driver of their choice, making dispatch quicker, easier, paperless. Onboarding drivers is a seamless process that takes only a couple minutes to set up. Auto IMS and Experian offer expanded auto check pilot. Auto IMS and Experian announced today a three-month free pilot offer for the suite of Experian auto check. Oh, and this was today. Vehicle history report options in the Auto IMS platform, the popular inventory management system for commercial consigners who manage inventory at physical auctions. Auto IMS. Beginning in January, commercial consigners could access the auto-check vehicle history snapshot data and full vehicle history reports through the end of March for no additional fees. Move comes as commercial consignment volumes at physical auction are poised to begin a rebound. Learn more about Auto IMS. When you see it, read it. We got some Auto IMS data coming up tonight. Hey, 40% of dealers unhappy with with their vehicle photo vendor. I found that shocking. Is it? Dealer Image Pro, a leader in professional photo video 360-degree software for auto dealerships, recently announced results from a survey at Commission to better understand the level of dissatisfaction dealers are having with their preferred vendors and how using a preferred vendor has influenced dealership vehicle photo and video decisions. Dealer Image Pro presented an online survey to more than 3,000 dealer professionals in December. 40% of dealers said they're dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their current preferred vendor managing vehicle inventory photo and video process. Furthermore, Dealer Image Pro found that 33% of dealerships' preferred vendor decisions are primarily influenced by pre-existing relationships. And another 31 said they don't use any preferred vendors and still look at outside vendors to take dealership vehicle photos and videos. Opportunity. Opportunity is there. Why EV programs are causing supplier trouble? An increase in electric and hybrid models bogging down program managers' work and suppliers. Shouldn't be too shocking. As the number of planned full electric and hybrid models rise, so is the complexity facing supplier managers already in a crunch. A new reality that is translating to higher costs and missed timelines for companies already reeling from supply chain woes. With the influx of new electrified vehicle programs, the average supplier is between 30 and 50% behind schedule. Man. Or running above car, uh, target costs. Bad news. Economists who call 2008 housing crash predicts another 15% drop in home prices. Did you read this? You predict it? Rent the big short. 
Bankruptcies start 2023 on the rise. Bankruptcy new filings were up year over year across Chapter 7, 11, 13, and 15. While still below pre-pandemic levels, uh, Chapter 13 filings continued to increase in January. Total commercial filings rose 12% in January over uh, reported a year ago. Commercial Chapter 11 increased 70% from a year ago. Uh, small business filings increased 49% from a year ago. Okay. Those are significant. You know, when you when you read like 5% increase, yeah, man, no. 70%? Whoa. Small businesses, whoa. 49%? Uh, compared to December, every new filing except Chapter 12 increased. Cox Automotive Roku team up to share how streaming TV ad campaigns impact car shopping journey. Look for this. Found this interesting. Uh, Cox Automotive and Roku are now working together to help determine how advertising on streaming TV can impact the car consumer buying journey along all stages of the process from web browsing to purchase. That's what everybody's talking about. End to end. From, from internet research to buying it in the dealership and not sitting in F&I for five hours. To help marketers connect ad exposure to every stage of the shopping journey for the first time, in a nutshell, here's how it would work. An automotive brand determines its target audience, launches a streaming ad campaign with Roku. The ad exposure data that Roku captures is then sent to Cox Automotive, which pairs with the company's first party data set. Cox can then provide reports showing how streaming ad exposure correlates with consumer behavior across its many properties like Kelly Blue Book, Auto Trader, etc. Hmm. And uh the Super Bowl. Probably not gonna see as much Carvana and Vroom this year. But dealers and OEM partners are taking advantage of Super Bowl viewership to try new advertising strategies for EVs. More EV ads coming your way. In between touchdowns or fumbles. What's it gonna be? What's it going to be this year? Is it going to be another slugfest? Or is it going to be like one of those tragedy Super Bowls where you're like, man, get me out of here. Let me know. Sales of electric vehicles in the U.S. showed a sharp jump in sales increasing by two-thirds in 2022, while the remaining portion of the auto market contracted across the globe. EV sales are even more impressive, driving up demand. This year's big game is expected to showcase another round of EV excitement with new vehicles advertised and even broader, more well-rounded EV campaigns that reach across social, broadcast, and web. Why more people aren't buying EVs? EV advertising messages must begin to educate, tap into the lifestyle wants and needs of a driver. Campaigns must begin to <laughs> range anxiety. It's got to get tackled. And, and, and not everybody has range anxiety. Listen, if you're just driving to work, you 100, 200 miles range, that's going to be fine. But if you're, if you're trying to haul with your F50, F-150 Lightning, yeah, it's going to be a problem. Campaigns must begin to identify with people who aren't just looking for the futuristic dream, but rather answer the question of what it will be like switching over from gas. We get it. The cars are cool. They're quiet. They're good for the environment, allegedly. But people who have purchased the other 94% of non-EV cars and trucks need more than just a cool-looking car. What's in it for them? Where's the range anxiety? They want to know what's it like to maintain 
Uh, they want to know the state of charging and the build-out of infrastructure and what it's like to walk in and purchase one from a dealership. Off-hours EV truck charging deserves discounts. Thoughtfully designing charging rates may increase EV adoption. Yeah, this one is, man, I don't know how far we are from mass truck EV truck adoption. 2035? I mean, it's going to be a while. In short, utilities should design new commercial EV rates that provide significant fuel cost savings to drivers and fleet operators who charge in a manner that supports the electrical grid. You got all those trucks charging at the same time. What is that, 10%? Electrifying long-haul trucks runs alone on today's roadways would require about one-tenth of the nation's power. Throw up your hands for that one. It's interesting. Now, in international news, I love to uh, find something. Main transit hub for car transport from China to Europe, North Africa, and Near East in new special containers. Apparently, there's a shortage of vessel shipping, so containers is the thing. Uh, an innovation in carrying mode by multi-purpose vessel Costco shipping. Now, that's not Costco. It's not where you get your salmon and your danishes. It's just Costco. I think it's a Chinese company. The new service concerns the transportation of vehicles in special containers with a capacity of three vehicles. It's called a flat rack. Equipped with built-in ramps for easy transportation and placement of the vehicles, these platforms have been certified to be stacked to a height of three containers. Check it. That goes inside, what, the 50-foot, what is it, 53-foot shipping container? It's pretty cool. Uh, strategic location of a port. Uh, the port of Piraeus is actually a strategic port in the use of the Costco shipping. There it is in the Med, right off of the uh, right off the Greece island chain. There, that's pretty cool. That's where the port of Piraeus. Piraeus. Costco is dedicated to the operations management more than a hundred vessels. Multi-purpose, heavy lifting, semi-submersible car carriers, logs, asphalt. Scale of the specialized shipping fleet, one of the largest in the world. It's pretty cool. That is a smart system. Look for it. Let me know if you see it. Send me a Polaroid, will ya? Send it to ATI, autotransportintel at gmail.com. You can send in your comments. Got one already from a carrier. What does he say? Amazing program on YouTube. I have a question. I have a five-car carrier. My driver is not fluent in English. Do you know of any bilingual car hauling dispatchers? Oh, man. That is a good question. Actually, we should have a... You know what? I'm going to... We're going to talk about that Thursday. Let me forward this email to myself so I make sure. Really, Jay? You're doing this live? Yeah. That's the way we roll. Uh, it's how you get your car shoot business news. Put it up on the big screen. Come on. What are we talking about? Big screen every Tuesday night. I got five new questions. That's right, step right up. Five new questions. Are you a car shipping guru? Play Ask Larry. Here we go. What do you think the theme of the questions is tonight? What was that? I'm listening. Okay. Yeah, if you said auctions, you are correct. Let's do this thing. According to the NAAA Vehicle Condition Grading Scale, a grade one means vehicles in excellent condition, vehicles in operable, vehicle shows signs of severe abuse, vehicle has normal wear and tear. Grade one, excellent condition, in-op, severe abuse, normal wear and tear. 
Which one is it? Grade one. Right? Say what? How many grades are there? Well, I think it's zero through five. Am I right? Zero through five? I Now I know some of you guys know. Yeah, we got Ty says abuse. Annie says severe. Kelly's got in up. Ooh, Rich has severe. Yes, it is zero through five. Like, right? So right now, if you, should I feel an internet flutter? Okay, I think we're okay. Jay likes a cross between my old... <laughs> Jay talking like a cross between my old shop teacher, Bill Nye, and the guy who taught geography. That's great. <laughs> so funny. I don't know those people, but I can imagine it was a pretty wild time. The answer is... Severe abuse. Grade 1 is severe. Grade 0 is in-op. Grade 5 is excellent. And I think 3 is normal wear and tear. So you just learned something about the grades, the vehicle conditioning grading scale at auctions. And this is really important to the buyer. Because if it's a grade 1, yeah, call the tow truck. Something. I don't know. Call recon. Call recon quickly. Alright, here we go. Question 2. What is the appropriate carrier pay to ship a running 1971 Chevy C10 on an open carrier from Punxsutawney to Woodstock, Illinois? 300, 480, 597, 70. It's a 71 C10. It is running. What grade is it? <laughs> um, open. Punxsutawney. I don't actually know where Punxsutawney is. I mean, I know it's a PA, but I'm guessing up in the in the hills. Where the trees are and the groundhogs. Woodstock, Illinois. This is a freaky route. Does it include a groundhog? <laughs> that is awesome, man. Everybody's got 770. That is wild. We have one 570? Yeah, let's see if we got this. Man, what is going on? You guys got it? Oh, man. See, here's the thing. It sounds like it should be paying 770 I agree with that. This is why we look at these rates. It's just, man, it's tough. Random fact, Groundhog lives in the library year-round. <laughs> yeah, I quit. Oh, man. Here we go. Question three. Isn't this fun, kids? Okay. Uh, according to the NAAA sale light system, red light means ride and drive, super sale, limited guarantee, limited as is. This is another part when you're bidding, you'll see the grade, you'll see the, the light system. Red light means ride and drive, super sale, limited guarantee, limited as is. Look at these, man, we got... This is high engagement. We got as is, as is, limited, as is. Uh, as is, limited, as is. I mean, I think it looks like everybody got this one. Limited, as is. Red light, as is. So green light is ride and drive. I guess ready to go, right? Yellow light means limited guarantee. And then what blue light was, blue light is... Uh, 
Somebody put it in the live chat. I can't remember what blue light means. There is no super sale. <laughs> That's... Somebody was playing around. Question four? What is the appropriate carrier pay to ship a running 2020 Harley-Davidson Fat Boy on an enclosed carrier from Climax, Michigan to Cumming, Georgia? You see that Cumming? It's from Climax to Cumming, really? <laughs> How much does it pay? 69? Two forty four hundred five ninety or seven sixty. This sounds like a green light super sale. It's a twenty twenty Harley Davidson Fat Boy enclosed. Well, it's got to be seven sixty, right? Oh yeah, come on, this is a family show. Ooh, with or without the title, nice. Silver mint. Okay, silver mint. 185. But what, 5150? Are we getting into like police codes now? All right. All right, let's see what this thing pays. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> it's coming from Fever Toyota. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh man, it only pays 590. Gosh. Wouldn't you believe it? That's the, you know, going rate or whatever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, Mark, one of the best questions maybe ever for a route. Oh, shoot. Blue light means no title. Oh, thank you. Blue light means no title in hand at the auction at the time of sale. Okay, yeah, that that's a good one. You definitely want to know that. All right, here we go, question five. Hold it together, boys. According to the NAAA, a generic condition report does not contain year, make, model, trim, electrical issues, visible flood damage, or the odometer. It does not contain one of these things. The other three are on a generic condition report. <laughs> Yet, John's like, leave it. Man, we're only halfway through the news. Whoa. Here we go. We got... Uh, Flood, electrical, electrical. We got, well, we got three electricals. Here we go. It is electrical. I threw in flood to throw tie off. So I got to win some argument somewhere. You know, uh, listen, we do appreciate you guys tuning in for, um, for the quiz show, for the Ask Larry and a little bit of a little bit more setup. We got part two industry news coming up next. Do me a favor, grab your favorite uh, electronic logging device drink and uh, sip away. We'll be right back after this. McAllister's has been around for over 76 years and we're known as providing our customers with high level white glove concierge style services. We provide our customers solutions in both transportation, logistics, and warehousing. We take a very different approach than most auto logistics companies. Our approach is one of being consultative and adaptive to the auto industry. Our approach saves time and money while providing tangible data, which helps improve processes. 
McAllister's offers a unique tech solution, which we call our Auto Vista Portal. It's a cloud-based solution. It provides the ability for our dealership partners to access it using any device they want whenever they need. Most auto logistics companies just want to deliver your car. We want to do more than that. All of those measurements that are important to you to run your business and understand where your costs are, McAllister's Auto Vista technology supports that. It's a car shipping performance data management tool. That's why car dealers love the AutoVista portal by McAllister's Transportation Group. Find out what you're missing. Visit McAllister's.com. All right, here we go. Let's go into part two of the industry news. I told you it would be very a long evening in the news. Probably got another 10 minutes or so. Here we go. Call the Biz Development Department. Here we go. It's your weekly pulse on ATI Industry News. GM, at the top of the news, GM is going to buy 400 trucks to transport its cars to dealers faster. Really? GM is looking to return to full production capacity in 2023. What does buying your transportation trucks have to do with that? General Motors will purchase hundreds of heavy-duty car transporter trucks as it looks to boost production through 2023. I thought cars were made in the factory. I didn't know they were made on the trucks. Let's keep going. This will help to reduce its reliance on third-party logistics providers. Ah, but why? What's wrong with your third-party logistics providers? GM stepped up and bought those assets. GM people on GM-owned vehicles are delivering our products to us. It's just part of GM being aggressive and figuring it out. We're not going to sit back and just be a victim of the transportation industry. Really? What? We're going to take charge of it. Victim? I don't know. Maybe. I guess. Bottom line is, the bad weather, the storm is behind us. It's a very bright future now that we are going to buy our own trucks. Improving the brand's logistics network is a key priority and noted that dealers want more of what we have. Wait, what? Improving the brand's logistics network is a key priority and noted that dealers want more of what we have. What, you're... Your inventory? They can't get it now? Our focus is on production and capacity and some of the shipping challenges we've had. So we need to work hard to straighten those up and get them more of what we have. And especially with these new products coming, that's what they're looking for. What? New trucks? I, don't, I still don't get it. I'm missing something. The company is working hard to eliminate the last supply chain obstacles rapidly get parts for partially completed vehicles, and efficiently get the freshly ve finished vehicles on a dealer lots. Which isn't happening now? So you're telling me the transportation network is the problem? There's not what? There's not enough car haulers? Restoring production to the near 100% capacity, typical before the supply chain disruption, is critically important, but it's not the only action GM is taking. GM plans to buy 400 heavy-duty trucks. Its employees will operate to bring vehicles to dealerships? It announced these plans at a million... Okay. I, I'm still not... I don't know why. Well, okay. While GM's new truck fleet will help... <laughs> we're going to keep trying. While GM's new truck fleet will help bypass third-party transportation problems in the United States, there are still more potential bottlenecks to overcome. For example, shipping shortages rep repeatedly prevented GM from bringing new Buick Envision units into the U.S., 
from the GMC SAIC Jinkao plant in China during 2022. There were what there there weren't enough trucks available. Still having 400 of its own trucks ready to move finished vehicles to lots should help GM increase the available inventory back toward the 60-day supply considered optimal pre-pandemic. I didn't know dealers. I thought oh we. Man, I'm just confused. One example, 11,000 finished, ready to ship. Seven, here we go. See, you just said it. 11,000 finished, ready to ship. Chevy Silverado HD trucks were left parked with no available transport. None? Uh-huh. Clearing the backlog was particularly slow because the size of the trucks made it possible to fit only a few on each rail car. Okay. What does that have to do with trucks? GM's truck fleet will likely lessen reliance on railways. Oh, oh, you don't want to rely. You still can't. And provide more flexible highway-based transportation. I don't know. Somebody let me know when we... I still can't figure it out. Let's move on. Tweet by car dealership guy on Twitter. Ford, right? Oh, I get the new trucks will drive across... Good one, Kelly. Right? Right. Yeah, because clearly workers that were doing something else for the last 30 years are going to be better drivers in our new trucks. I don't know. Who's making the trucks? Let's find that out. Ford just hit a six-year record low in sales. Deals on its cars are worsening. Stock in absolute shambles. Is the American icon actually failing? Now, I'm just reading... But this is what Car Dealership Guy says on Twitter about Ford. Let's keep going. What in the world is happening at Ford? For starters, the average transaction price for a new Ford just hit a new high over fifty-five grand, as it's been going up. So that's a, that's a eh, ten to fifteen thousand dollar increase in the last five six years. Okay. Second, Ford said only. Ford sold only 479,000 plus vehicles in Q4 2022. To put that in perspective, last time its sales fell below 500K units in a quarter was six years ago. Okay. Price going up, volume going down. Third, Tesla, a major competitor Ford in the EV segment, we, as we've heard, recently cut its prices on its new cars by up to 20%. How did Ford respond? It cut prices. Here's the problem. Ford's margins are slim. It can't just cut prices and still make a profit. Interesting point. Mike, check one, two. All right. How's the audio? We're okay? Check, check. Okay. Result, Ford just announced that we'll have to sell certain models at a loss just to remain competitive. No bueno. But, car dealership guy, is there anything Ford can do to boost its sales? Well, yeah, you know what a company does when it wants to boost sales, creates buying incentives for consumers. You know what Ford is doing? The opposite. It's cutting its car buying incentives. Recently slashed its incentives by 56%. Okay, fine, I get it, but why is this happening? Here's why. Ford's supply chain is a huge mess we were reading about with EV and all that. Costs are too high. Volume targets not met. Even Jim Farley recently stated that strong sales and previous use masked some of Ford's deeply entrenched issues. And if your brain hasn't exploded yet, it was recently reported on Groundhog's Day that they lost $2 billion in 2022. 
That's right. EV is the way to go. It's the wave of the future. Oh, yeah. Virginia legislation aims to prevent direct sales and delivery agents. Can't beat them? Legislate them. A pair of identical bills passed unanimously in both Virginia's House and Senate, and one may be headed for final passage. What do they say? Well, legislation in Virginia aims to keep automakers from negotiating directly with consumers or going so far as to declare franchise de dealers delivery agents. Now, you'd think that this is, you know, legal meddling, but, you know, there is a point. The dealers have been doing something. Just because you make the auto doesn't mean you're the best one at delivering the auto. Or maybe even selling the auto. The bill language may be some of the first in the country to reference growing concerns among franchise dealers that legacy automakers may try to take steps toward an agency model and sell directly to consumers. Among its provisions, it prohibits automakers from negotiating binding sale or lease terms with consumers, including online, retaining ownership in new vehicles until they're sold rather than selling them to dealers to hold an inventory, and declaring that dealers are delivery agents. Which is another reason why I don't know if you, why you need 400 new trucks, because we're not going to leave the same inventory on the lots of the dealers. Allegedly. Virginia's bill language also includes a provision that prohibits automakers from unilaterally changing franchise agreements without also getting an agreement from the dealer. They're going to lock it up. Everybody will tell you in America, we don't believe in agency models. We're never going to do an agency model, said in Virginia. State dealer franchise laws already prevent legacy automakers with franchise dealer networks from selling vehicles directly to consumers. Yet even if automakers publicly say they are not interested in turning dealerships into delivery centers, the bill language is intended to bar them from attempting certain practices that will circumvent dealers. The reason for all this? To make sure that we don't have anything that looks, walks, or talks like an agency. It's to send the message that the franchise system will stay intact and car dealers, car dealers will have the option and the right to sell cars. JFK didn't say this. It's not going to be usurped by Ford. Auction vehicle supply demand easing back to normal. Remarketing activity appears to be reaching a far more familiar stable path after a long journey through the near three-year chaos of pandemic supply chain pressures. This is, comes from a report from Auto IMS. 2022 is a wrap. And so are many of the previous trends we saw unfolding over the last two years. Cooling inflation, higher car payments, increased delinquencies, perhaps a return to earth in terms of supply and demand. Highlights from Q4 2022 versus 2021. Percentage of vehicles sold on a day in which they were offered dipped to 59% from 68 a year ago. Average sale price fell from $16,000 to $14,000. Average vehicle grade rose. Resold vehicles got newer. Amount of auction fees deducted rose. Average days from auction arrival to sale increased. Let's look at some of the charts here. Thank you, Auto IMS. Average damage estimate up over time. Wait, is that right? Oh, okay. Average damage estimate, okay, is actually, it's a similar line, but it's 
Oh, it's higher in 2022, yeah. Because you're selling, yeah, higher damaged vehicles. But, as we cool off, some of that's going to keep cooling off. Here we go. Average mileage was, well, shoot, 90 grand average mileage. We got average sale price is, oh, that's dropping. Okay, average sale price is dropping. Average vehicle grade. Wow, look at that slope, man. Whoa. After <laughs> man, it didn't take long in early 21. People were like, give me whatever. I don't care. No wheels? Great. Send it. <laughs> uh, conversion rate. Number of vehicles sold on a day in which they were offered. That's been dropping, as we know. Not as many cars are selling in the lanes. Vehicle sales volume percent change. Wow, look at that. Yeah, right. That's when everything went nuts. Spring 2021. Uh, here we go. Low lease returns contribute to lack of used inventory, propping prices, but limiting growth. For consumers interested in driving vehicles they could not afford to purchase outright, leasing offered a cost-effective option that broadened participation in the new vehicle market. The arrangement was a major plus for manufacturers because it expanded demand for new vehicle production. Dealerships, however, were arguably the biggest winners. Leases accelerated the movement of low-margin new inventory while presenting a virtual guarantee that high-margin used vehicles would return to their lots for resale after three years. The post-pandemic, pre-recession economy shattered this paradigm. According to J.D. Power Research, lease returns are down 40% year-over-year. Leaseholders are, in growing numbers, exercising their buyout rights as the elevated value retained in today's cars and trucks changes the financial calculus. Many find themselves in better equity position at the end of their lease. On the flip side, lease deals today are horrible. It is not unusual for leaseholders who sign up for a $500 per month payment three years ago to face the dubious opportunity of shelling out twice as much for a comparable vehicle today. Moreover, lease payments that once required low or no money down have been replaced by demands for $5,000 initial deposits. The picture's no rosier for convention sales, for conventional sales financed with loans. Monthly payments for 72-month, six-year contracts reached a whopping $710 a month in 2022, while it is a higher payment than today's leases, currently averaging 594, the trajectory for 2023 is uncertain at best. All of this explains why only 17% of new vehicle sales today have been executed through new lease originations, down 30% in 2019. We've been talking about a lot of this stuff. We were at NADA show. That's a wrap on NADA. I do want to mention that... Uh, we had the Evolution show a week ago, and just to, to put the the bow on what we saw, learned at NADA, it really is a big show where you can really connect with dealers. That's why we're moving now into the auction show, and as we move into car conference, it's all about the auctions. If you see this, you're dealing with an ATI podcast, go ahead and get, you can sign up for the podcast, it's okay. We like that. Follow the podcast. I'm going to put the link in the live chat. Thank you very much. It's ATI Auto Business. That's what you're looking for. That's who we are. That's the community. You can become an ATI insider by talking to Ty. 417-483-2764.
let him know your questions and how he can help. We're inside of Kelly Bianchi's Auction V-Commerce dealer app. You can watch ATI inside the AVC dealer app. You can download that app on the App Store or Google Play. Auction V-Commerce dealer's app. We're going to be live again tomorrow on our monthly installment of Live Carrier Advice. And it spans from DOT, FMCSA, business. We'll talk about brokering, dispatch, etc. We'll move into thermonuclear Thursdays. You know how it is on Dispatching Live. 90 minutes. Man, that show goes fast. Allegedly. Our Friday show, Dealers, Auctions, and Carriers Get Connected on Cars on the Move. I just want to point out again, we had a great show with Ubong Aquera on Friday, Ship Africa Portal Demo. Demo. If you're if you're involved in international car shipping, you want to learn more about Ship Africa, and you can do that on Cars on the Move. Um, this Friday, we've got Ben Goodman and Bill Elizondo from NIADA. Buy here, pay here with Ben and Bill. Tune in. That's going to be a great show. And it is. It's ATI. It's Car Shipping Business Channel. Whoa. It's almost 8 o'clock. I know. That was a lot of stuff. So let's do this. Let's get right into a quick break. We're going to come back with Ty. Ty's going to help me introduce the panel. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ship.cars. Intelligent car shipping made simple. An end-to-end vehicle delivery platform featuring AI damage inspection, search along route, and compliance documents. Manual inspection is time-consuming and prone to human error. Save time and money with our AI damage inspection tool. Automatically detect, classify all damages, and send a full damage report. SAR, search along route feature. With a simple search, ship.cars helps carriers find available loads while on the road. Compliance documents automate the upload of important digital documents, saving time and reducing hassle. We're ship.cars, your transportation technology provider. Contact us today. AI damage inspection, search along route, digital compliance documents, upload, ship.cars, intelligent car shipping tech is for dealers, auctions, and carriers. Visit ship.cars. All right, here we go. So we're going to bring in our panel. Looks like Ty is ready. Let's go ahead. He's my friend and yours. He was in the live chat. Now he's up on center stage with me here. Please do help me welcome Ty Thompson. Cars on the move. Ty, can you see me? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I'm tired. Man, yeah, that was a lot. It's a lot. Of I news. like your news. I always like your news. I really do. Thanks. Find that you. I know you work hard on it, but I, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Well, you do a good job. Thank you. It's interesting to. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's 20 minutes, but that's a lot of stuff. What's and you know, to- got in the, in the live chat, the takeaway, the live chat. You Thank want to know the one that got everybody excited, lit up, was the GM and the trucks. <laughs> right. That's why I put it at the top. <laughs> you know, the more I read it, I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. What happened? Yeah, I, that's I the one I sent you that I've been going crazy about for uh, two yeah, weeks now. Well, take it away. Yeah. No, I can't take it away. I don't have anything to say positive, so we'll just leave it at that. Well, that's the thing. I, I literally, as I continued to read it, I'm thinking, uh, 
I don't get it. Is what am I missing? Am I missing something? Have well, it is funny because probably uh, more than eight months ago, I had an old uh, Chevy dealer that I used to haul for in Kansas, Wichita area. He called and was wanting me to start going and picking up his new cars at the railhead. And I said, wait a minute, I, where, how did you get this approved? Because this has never been done before. He said, well, they said uh, we can't find anybody to ship our cars. So if we can find somebody, go get them. Now, I will say that was in the middle of the OEM. I mean, well, we're still in the middle of it, I guess. But it was really this this phone call was when they finally kind of started cranking out a few cars and then. Um, there was nobody to haul them. And I think that's what one of the things about the remarketing that you and I are talking about a lot. I can't, I was at the uh, IARA last year, I believe. It was in maybe Austin. Oh, no, that was in Nashville. Anyway, in the committee meeting, they're all worried about EVs and how are we going to haul them, and they weigh so much, and they catch on fire. And I'm like, you guys might want to think about you're not going to have anybody to haul your cars. So that's what the transportation dumpster fire at car conference in March is all about. That's what I get to talk about, and I'm pretty excited about it. I'll tell you what I'm really excited about, though, is tonight's show. Mm. This, there's Okay, so for Sky, I've, I've met Sky. I know Sky Holman, one auction view, tech dealer. I love dealers. I love tech, and I love auctions. Rich, I met Rich at, I think it was a fintech or, a, yeah, what's the Auto Intel Summit. I think it yeah. was Auto Intel Summit where I met Rich. And then uh, got to know him. He's been on the show before. Then we know Dave Sutton, David Sutton. He's with Motwig. Every, every show I go to, I see Dave. I mean, feel like he's family. And then t the best, <laughs> this one's great, James Raymond. I, I met him uh, at Dallas at NADA. And I can't wait to tell the story about how I met James. Uh, really cool story. So. Really excited about tonight, just because of the uh, the relationships, of course, which that's one thing that I'm always going to push is relationships. No matter what your problem is in transportation, it's relationships will always help fix that. So good stuff. I'm excited. Well, that and that's a good. Uh, so, guys, get ready. The panel's up next. I've just wrote in the live chat panel up next. Looks like everybody's in the uh, waiting room ready to go. Before we bring in uh, James, David, Rich, and Sky, so just uh, yeah, uh, after after all the considerations there, so we're talking about. I was trying to come up with a theme as we well, we were talking about the theme: auction remarketing mavericks. What makes your auction the place? Whether it's an and when I say auction, physical, digital, platform, marketplace, whatever you want to call it. What makes yours the place where the buyers and sellers want to be? Mm. So yeah. that's my well, thought as we move into tonight. And we can well, go way off of that, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. And I was, I think one of the things that I heard that I want to definitely ask the guys that are on the show tonight is inventory, auction inventory. I definitely want to talk about that. <clears throat> and that ties in with remarketing, right? And it even ties into your industry news. The whole lease deal, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when everybody, all the dealer guys, all the pro, arm, I call them armchair uh, dealer guys, buy cars in the lane, buy cars in driveways, buy cars everywhere. Remember oh, that? yeah, vehicle acquisition. And then the lease, yeah, remember yeah. the lease deal? That was a big deal. They're like, buy the leases. You know, for some reason, dealers never bought the leases, but now buy the leases. So... 
Now they're, they're buying industry clunkers. news. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Well, and Sky in the Selling live clunkers. chat, in his, yeah. yeah. There, uh, he's he said that the uh, the vehicle conditions becoming more rough. I'd like to hear more about that too. Right, the, gra the grade is dropping. The okay, grade, yeah. and as we move oh. into this, if you're in transportation, we realize you're not going to book a load tonight, but mm. you are. You're going to learn more about the loads you're moving, and when you decide to have a conversation with somebody to see if you can build business, man, you're going to be so much better prepared. So here we go. All right. Let's bring them in. Get ready, gentlemen. Up on center stage, we got James, David, Rich. Here they come. I just let them all in. We'll jump in the live chat for a second while everybody gets settled, checks their audio. Uh, Will, here comes the president of the State of the Union. Uh, Chris says, painful like talking to my dad. He's 85. Will says he's staying here. And also talking about PAVE inspections. It's not AI, none are, but let's take a look. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I love it. Okay. So, here we go. Panel. All right. Everybody's here. And let's do this. I'm going to start with from upper right, and I'm going to move down. James, I see you here first on my screen. Please do say hello and let us know. Can you hear us and see us? Yeah, I can hear you and awesome. see you. I feel like I need to start off with a long-time listener, first-time caller. Like, I'm calling AM radio to say that I am a, uh, a long-time viewer. My name is James Raymond. I'm one of the regional sales directors at uh, what we used to be a small auction, but now a large auction, ACV Auctions, located in Buffalo, New York. I've uh, been with the company for five years, so... Besides that, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a veteran, and I am passionate, as Ty learned at NADA, about the car business. I eat, breathe, and sleep the car business. It's in my blood, and I love everything about it. Yeah. That was, this Thank this you, guy James. comes, I'm at the ACV uh, after reception party and just talking to some people, and James comes up, and it's like, I watch you guys all the time, and he was really excited, and I always got excited, and we're both excited, and we end up outside, and just really love the, the passion this guy has is real, and I got to see it and feel it. It's it's really exciting. So thanks for coming, James. I mean, yeah, I'm super excited to be on the panel. Some of these guys, Sky, Rich, and Dave, what an honor it is to to sit here and be able to talk with you guys tonight. So I appreciate it. Thank cool. you, James. That's so cool. And I, we always love, man, long-time listener, first-time <laughs> caller stuff. That is awesome. So thank you, James. Let me give you another applause. Thank you so much. Um, all right, Rich Levine. Rich, you're in Second Square on the Hollywood Squares here. Can you see us and hear us okay? Tell us more about you. I'm going to go with X. Okay, X. X. Okay. X. No, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. you got a great panel tonight. I'm not sure where you think I've got some expertise to share, but it's going to be fun. And it's going to be exciting. I'll throw a wrench at it somehow. Okay. See, now, and, and I know Ty. I'm, I'm just going to say this. We know you know things. <laughs> <laughs> Ty. Rich is here for a reason. <laughs> You'll figure it uh -oh. out. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to let me in on the secret, Ty? Well, why don't we just tell? Why don't you tell us your resume real quick? What's some of your background? Where you been hiding out for the last, say, I don't know, ten years, twenty? Uh, last last ten years. Let's put it. Uh, last twenty years, I've been hiding out in auto auctions. Um, I was a <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, I started out in the industry selling cars way back when, in the late 1900s. And then I went and started working for an auction as an AGM. I don't know how I landed that role. I mean, straight from auction rep to AGM. And then I went back to the bank and then I went to a third party and built a remarketing program. And then I went back to, well, I went to corporate for the first time, worked at corporate, um, did a bunch of stuff. Transportation, I helped do a ton of stuff in the transportation space and help with, I mean, what I guess I'm known for is helping with operations and just getting greasing the wheels to make them slide a little better. Mm. See, well, so you you're, you're a legit <laughs> maverick, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. And so it's great to have you here. So thank, thank you, you for yeah. having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, for Rich. Um, all right, I got Sky on my screen next. Sky Holman, one auction view. Sky, please say hello. Tell us a little bit more. Hi, everybody. Thanks uh, for having me on the show. I always love being here with you guys. And so you guys that don't know me, again, my name is Sky Holman. And first and foremost, uh, I am a car dealer. I've been a car dealer of 20 years, an independent dealer. And I'm a specialty dealer. So I... Uh, buy and sell a little bit of everything but most importantly the last uh, 10 years I've kind of honed in on Jeep Wranglers and that's what really led me to uh, this software one auction view that I founded solving my problem of finding vehicles at all your auctions all your subscribed auctions and most dealers have three to five auctions that they're looking at you know the ACV Mannheim Odessa Edge Pipeline, you know, all these backlot cars, you know, to name a few. Uh, and it's hard for car dealers to keep track of them all because all these auctions are texting and emailing. Hey, here's run list. Here's something. Hey, jump on. Check this out. And dealers are, are you know, they could only handle so much bandwidth. So that's uh, that's my that's my spiel. That's how I, I uh, got in the software is solving my problem. But I found my problem is every dealer in America's problem trying to keep track of their car auctions. Mm, we know good. you're a maverick. And I want to say this too about ACV. Everybody <laughs> knows who ACV is now. Everybody knows who they are. Yeah, I'm so... Absolutely. Once a maverick, always a maverick? Okay. Now, Dave Sutton. <laughs> Dave, we love catching up with you at trade shows. To us, your What's the word, mm. Ty? Is it mentor? Mentor. Dave yeah. is a mentor. Dave, Dave really is... has embraced us, yeah. uh, both of us, and man, just been really good to us. Thank you, Dave. So, Dave oh, you're welcome. You guys yeah. are you guys are bring a lot to any conversation you're part of. So I appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to hiking with you in Las Vegas at the oh, car conference. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, the you guys hike. are going to carry the water bags this year. I'm just telling right. you right now, start training. Is Ty driving the van? <laughs> what time's that at? 6 a.m.? Well, well, it won't be the same. It's be more like 5.30-ish. Is we'll it the same the one? Hotel by 9. Is it the same one we did? I guess it is, right? Well, it's the same. You know, it, it's a big park. Uh, we're mm -hmm. going to do something a little bit different. Uh, there might be some ropes and helmets involved this year. Ooh, yeah. All right. I'm just kidding. No, we, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Our attorney said no. Oh, damn. Oh, we're not going. Exactly. We will get a great collection of people up early in the morning on that Wednesday. We'll go for a great hike, have great conversation, get you back to the hotel safely. We're looking mm. forward to it. Man, all right. Well, we're, so, Ty, we're going to – do you know what day that is? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday I believe morning. the 29th. Okay. When, and that's – 
Ty, that's the day you present. You're presenting yeah. Wednesday afternoon. So, man, you'll be nice and tired by the time you get to the dumpster fire. No, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Gonna it'll need perfect. a nap. <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. That's awesome. All right, so I had outlined a bunch of stuff that we could talk about. Um, who's your customer? What's at stake? Building relationship. Whose job is it? Transportation. Physical versus digital. I mean, where do we start? With the consigner? Consigner. Let's start with the consigner because aren't auctions haven't... This is a good one for James, but what do you think, James? How's the consigner working out? Describe, wait, James, tell us what consigner is first. Yeah, what's a consigner? <laughs> I, I like the word partner. I mean, let's, let's, partner. Get, down, let's get down to business because you're talking about relationships and how important that is, right? And the yeah. one thing that's always been great about the auto industry is relationships. So when I think about consigner, mm. I think about relationships and partnership. And as I've seen the industry change and evolve, right now, partnership is more important than ever. We saw a change in the industry during COVID where we watched our partners adapt to the industry. Right now, if you're watching this, we're in the middle of that adaptation again. You just showed uh, conversion rates and where they're headed currently, right? And that is the first sign that we need to adapt. We need to look at our partners like I do every single day and try to help them and educate them on what's happening around them and adapting. So when I hear consigners, I, in my ears, I hear partnership, right? Cause we're all partners and, and, and our goal, right? Not only at ACV in my everyday role, but it's to partner up with my consigners to help them make the best decisions that they possibly can to improve their business. So when I look at that, I think right now, at more than ever, partnership and being able to adapt to some of the things that we're seeing around us. I mean, Sky brought up a great point when he first started talking at the beginning. You have so many of these guys using so many platforms, right? And the reasoning is with obviously conversion rates going down, I'll use a good Will Morris, who's a friend of the show's uh, great line he always used that talk about putting the lipstick on a pig, right? We did that during COVID. Everybody was trying to put the lipstick on a pig and try to make everything into a vehicle. Well, those days are long gone, right? So now what we have is we need to make better decisions. Our consigners need to make the better decisions. We need better, you know, data and education in order to make those decisions. And hey, James, James, I think the most important thing you just said was education, because as a former consigner with VW and Audi, it was really important that myself and my team, the auction reps, brought back to the executives at Volkswagen and Audi, here's what's going on out in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're selling, if, if you've got your fingers on that, if you're dealing with these institutional and commercial consigners, realize they're guys just like you, they're conduits of information. So to the extent that you can keep them educated and aware, they'll be a better partner to you and they're going to be able to help their the people back at home office understand what's coming, why we're doing what we're doing, and and it's truly a, a great partnership. You just got to be willing to play that way. If you start viewing each other or, or uh, the auctions as uh, those are my vendors, those are my suppliers, you you've taken the wrong turn. I couldn't agree more. I mean the the. the the biggest point is, as an industry, I think we've gotten away from it. 
educating each other, right? I think we're back to a point of where we see more arrogance that coming back out. And listen, I don't blame that arrogance. We had two years of some of the greatest results, the best paychecks that we've ever seen. That's going to make anybody arrogant. If you look at some of these professional sports athletes that are out there that get those $100 million paychecks and then they struggle. The big thing is understanding that we're going through a time of, 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 of we're going to go through a time of strife. We need to adapt and we need technology, partnership and education to get us there. So, Dave, I and listen, I will tell you this about me. I, I'm very clear with even, you know, sister auctions or other auctions, just providing them trust and transparent education to make better decisions. I know in the long run is going to help me and my business. So. Oh, you're a courtesy mute. Thanks, buddy. Consigner. Um, that's consigners bring cars to auctions. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. So what's the difference between consigner and remarketer? Is well, there a difference? It, 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 there is a difference because a consigner typically they own the vehicle or their company owns the vehicle. So it could be one of the captive auto finance companies. It could be a bank, could be a fleet lease company, could be a rental car company. Remarketers is a broader term, which would include uh, remarketing services providers who typically are alums. Uh, they, they formerly were consigner. They have the expertise, they have that experience. And sometimes when smaller organizations are selling vehicles, they can benefit wildly from taking advantage of somebody who offers up remarketing services, who has that experience, who can aggregate volumes, who has the systems and, and has the, uh, the wherewithal in the team to get you the best money for your cars as quickly as you can. And that's a remarker. I got it. Okay. So the consigner is going to be sending the volume in auctions. Is that right? Yeah, you have, I use the terms institutional and commercial consigner kind of interchangeably, ah, but guess go. what? They represent the smallest percentage of the cars. The biggest percent comes from the dealer consigners. The right. challenge with that is it's a lot more fragmented and the dealer consigners, uh, they're, they're, I think there's a lot more pressure underneath them because they can retail it or they can wholesale it. So their yeah. sales rates typically are a little bit lower um, and depending upon the organization, they could be part of a big dealer group or a single rooftop. So the dealer consigner is the broadest, most diverse group out there, but they represent in aggregate the most cars that are coming to uh, auctions, whether they're uh, online or physical auctions. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So. If you're an auction, a physical auction or an online auction, your customer is the dealer and you want the dealer to give you wholesale units to run through your auction to sell to other dealers. Is that right? Correct. hundred percent. That that's the overall goal. And when we look at, you know, the overall consigner right now, and I'm sure Dave is aware of this guy, Rich, is that when we saw during COVID, the leasing stopped. A lot of the OEMs aren't running the vehicles they used to run through the auction, which are those off-fleet fleet units. We're seeing less of those because primarily leasing stopped. And as we talked about earlier on during the news, what we're seeing are those customers that add leases are buying those cars out, right? So there's not there's less of those cars running through the lanes. 
which puts a lot of pressure then on the dealer itself to find quality inventory to stock their shelf with. So the question we've been asking at ECB is, how do we get ahead of this? What products do we have to get to those cars, right? And, and we have an interesting product that we're going to, and I heard you talk about it during the news segment, we're going to people's driveways, right? Like that's how, when we talk about adapting to the industry and where we're at, we got to start thinking of outside the box ways to get to the inventory when we're not seeing the consignment run through the physical and the digital things. Wow. <laughs> Which you just made me think of like Jason Rice has been talking a lot at Lot Pop about predictive analytics. Mm-hmm. Cor- correct. And, and again, it's, it's let, let's be honest, it's difficult to talk to some dealers about predictive analytics, right? When you've got guys that have been in the business for 40 or 50 years, I mean, that's what I love about it. Take a look at Sky's company, like even his technology, being to arm the dealers with the information that they need when they're using multiple sources in order to make educated decisions. But where I see the industry scaling is having those predictive analytics in order to make buying decisions. Many of you saw the article that was written this week about dealers having to make great inventory decisions at the time of, of, of when the consumer trades that vehicle in been shared multiple times across the internet this week yep. and i mean i look at it a step further we talk about physical and digital lanes right I, I i was talking to a great partner today how did that car end up at the auction so dave really outlined it very good about the different consigners that are there when you take a look at the dealership consignment that dave went over and you look at why that car ended up at the auction I feel like right now, more than ever, we have a lot of our partners walking around there saying, why is that car here? <laughs> what, why, why is it right. not being that, what Where's the snake in the trunk? Where's the snake in the trunk? <laughs> and, and that's why you're seeing the conversion rates currently go down. Everybody's sort of looking at each other saying, hey, whoa, yeah, yeah. Why, <laughs> two months ago, that car was here. I, I bought it. It was sold. Why is it here today? And the reason is as new cars ship into the stores and there's new car inventory. And we talk about our friends at one of the manufacturers you talked about not wanting to incentivize cars. We have other manufacturers that are going out there right now proactively and putting incentives on their new cars. So that makes it harder on those car inventors. Mm. Interesting. Well, Rich, what are you thinking there, buddy? Well, you just hit a trigger with me on incentives. Um, Psychologically, the manufacturers shot themselves in the foot when they started incentives because they've trained the public that the only way to buy a new car is with an incentive. No incentive, no purchase. Move on. Now they're trying to reverse that course. And this kind of takes us back to why are they forcing us to drive or why are we buying the trucks? Why are we driving? I believe it comes down to two words, cooperation and collaboration. Big organizations want you to cooperate with the way they want to do business. Smaller entrepreneurial outfits want you to collaborate with them. When you collaborate, you work together for a shared mutual beneficial outcome. To cooperate means you're watching your margins, your profits, your sales numbers. You don't give a crap about the people or who you're working with. So it comes down to, are you cooperating with me? Or are you collaborating with me? Mm. Deep. 
Philosophical. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> this might be a good time to go ahead and plug Rich's book. Uh, mm. I may have have a copy of it somewhere. Mine is over on the nightstand. I can't get to it. Uh, Mine's well. behind the wall. I could I could dig it out. <laughs> Everybody's is <laughs> off well, camera. Go, well, I'll grab it while book. you keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So okay, that's perfect. Being on the panel, does it is it like an OEM rebate where I get twenty five percent off the cost of the book? That's my only question. That's that's <laughs> absolutely absolutely. <laughs> we'll find out when Rich gets back. Uh, <clears throat> oh, he's already got a copy. Okay, there, there we go. Put it in Rip. there where we can see it. Yes. So it's it's a book I wrote. It's my experience, and I was doing it wrong. I was managing everything. I was all about, I call it the four Ps, the plans, the profits, the processes, and the productivity. And I left out the people. Once I discovered that you got to put people before all those other Ps, then you can get what you want. So basically, this is my life story. You're doing it wrong. Yes, I was doing it wrong. There's so many other organizations out there that I believe are doing it wrong. Um, and then I walked through, you know, how to fix it, how I would believe you'd fix it. Not that it's going to work for everybody, including my values and what I use to, you know, get myself out of the four bad P's to get into the good P, which is the people. Hmm. Good deal. So I want to take it over because, Sky, I shared it in the news. You sent me a thing about buy fees. Yes. yes. All right. It's, Would you uh, put that in the doing it wrong category? It's <laughs> Well, you know, people, car dealers are like elephants. They never forget. You know, and that's the thing that, you know. <laughs> I, I always gently remind people is is you always got to do good by the car dealer, uh, no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether it's a transporter, a detailer, an auction, a title service. They never forget a bad experience. Never, ever forget. And uh, when you're doing it good, you're you're doing your job. But you slip and there's a problem. You know, that's uh, that's no bueno. Better fix it quick. All right. So what <laughs> other doing it wrongness do we have? I mean, you know, whether it's arbitration, maybe there's tiling issues I'm not aware of. You know what? There's a, probably a lot of ways to, to do it wrong. Oh, man. There's so, there's so, <laughs> so much. There's uh, even just the, the, the digitization. And I could speak uh, directly today on the digitization uh, in an experience I had actually today, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, cause I obviously use the one auction view software for finding and, and buying my cars all over the United States. So I bought two cars all over the, the country today, one in Florida, seamless transaction. And then I bought one in Texas, uh, obviously a Jeep Wrangler. Cause you know, I buy Jeep Wranglers and this was at edge pipeline edge pipeline is a fantastic in, you know, aggregator of independent auctions. But where they fail is on the execution of their digital buyer trying to check out. I'm a digital buyer. I bought a car, a $52,000 Jeep Wrangler. I didn't buy a $5,000 Camry. I bought a $52,000 vehicle. And I don't want to sit on the phone and babysit someone at the auction. Hey, dude, send me the invoice so I could wire you the money. Uh, I just want to click, click, click and the money gets zapped out of my account, I don't want to have to call the auction three times like I did today. Three times. Mm -hmm. 
I called the Ooh. auction today trying to tell them, hey, can you send me the invoice? So that is, uh, these are, if I'm having this problem, every dealer is also having so, this time, time, Sorry, this is, I'm That's gonna amazing. Go, Thank oh, you. Oh, wait. <laughs> Tell us, I mean. So can you name the auction by chance? It was independent auctions typically yeah. have the pipeline, right? So yeah, Metro, Metro, Metro out of uh, Dallas. Oh, Metro Dallas. Okay, so this one was the one that was the hard to check out. The other one, no problem. No can problem. Can we say the name live? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can. That was Odessa. Odessa, no problem. Bought bought one in Odessa, Florida. No problem. You get to Metro, independent pipeline, problem. Probably. And, Probably. and here's the here's the upside. Somebody somebody's going to hear about this and be like, "Man, can we fix that problem?" Yeah, call me. I'll help. Yeah, Please. let me know. Let's fix it, <laughs> call man. Me. Let's well, yeah. Don't stay uh, in the well, doing I was around. thinking about yeah. I was thinking about Kelly Bianchi with <laughs> That's uh, what I was thinking about. Kelly, Elmer's. right now Kelly is, Kelly is yelling at the at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you like, doing? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A, a user should not have the experience. Think about when you go on an app, you know, whatever it may be, you want that you want to transact. ACV, you guys have it down to a science. You buy something, bam, it's done. Check out, it's floored, it's wired, however you want it. However we want to eat it, you you got it. Uh, I mm. love that. And most of these other players have it, but not everybody has it has it dialed. There's there's a lot of choppiness. Uh, in the market, mm. and as dealers now are sharpening their teeth when they're buying, you know the last thing that they want is a bad experience uh, in Central United States or East Coast or West Coast when they're trying to buy a car. So, so another question. Guy, let's be, or go let's ahead. be honest, guy. They're as a as a dealer, right? You guys are so used to having those issues, not only centered around auctions. But with every third-party vendor that you use, so we've created this monster, right? So as new technology or new companies come into our scope, they don't make it a priority to fill those voids. And what you're saying is, it took me this long. My time and efficiency means this much to me, oh, and yeah. that's why it is so vitally important for people that are watching this podcast to understand. That's where the innovation. That's where the money needs to go to. And that's why there's guys like me that's sitting in a hotel room in Syracuse, New York, taking care of a, a customer that has similar issue than you. And I'm here face to face. I'm not on Zoom. I'm not putting you on hold. I'm correcting the issue because it's we have such a customer service issue in our industry and we need to fix it. Spot on. Spot on. You're absolutely correct. I call it the DMV persona. And it absolutely drives me nuts. The, some of these entities feel like they're the DMV. They just sit back. Hey, the money just going to come. Yeah, the, the check's just going to roll in. I don't have to care. I can do my job. Mediocre. There are, there are locations dealer, doing that. Yeah. As a car oh, yeah. dealer of 20 years, I've experienced everything from everybody. And that is, guys, why I got in software. Because I just said, I'm sick and tired. I'm done. I'm going to fix it. Mm. Wow. That's the motivation. That's where it came from. Well, you just motivated me because I'm a big independent guy, and I hate to hear that there's problems with the independent auction. That surprised so me too, but Dallas, maybe, maybe it's a technology. It's not a, it's not a, 
it's not a human problem. It's a technology problem. Is yes, it? technology yeah. problem. And America's, America's, because I bought from America's auction all over uh, several of their locations. Check out. Click, click, click. Done. Easy. Hmm. And that's what I want. I don't want to call anybody now, babysit. America's has pipeline. Is that right? Yeah, they do. But they have a checkout process. So it's a checkout process. Okay. And now uh, to explain the checkout process just real quick. I want to hear yeah, it. How, yeah. how does that work? I bought a most, car. Most, most every auction has a checkout process. And the checkout process usually consists of just like when you're on Amazon. Every one of us here on Amazon buys stuff or eBay. You go on. You click buy, but you're instead of buying toothpaste for three bucks, you're buying a car for thirty, forty thousand dollars, and you're just clicking check out. Do you want where you want the title? Uh, where do you want it? Do you want transport? Do you need help with that? Do you need PSI? Uh, do you need uh, flooring? Do you want that car floored? So you just check these four boxes what you want, and it's mm. they're all standardized fields. It's not like there's some special handling for each <laughs> transaction. It's just I'm buying this car. This is how I want to pay. This is the PSI. This is it. It's just, let me give you my money and move on with life. You know, that's it. And it's just rinse and repeat, guys. Rinse and repeat. That's it. Right. Because if you ordered on Amazon and they're like, yeah, well, soap, you know, like, really? Mm. Yeah. It's good. Good info because the pipeline's making some big moves and. In the well, industry. Out, there we go. I was just going to hand it over to Dave. Dave? Hey, I, I was looking for an opportunity to jump in, so thanks for inviting me. So I, I know the great folks at uh, Auction Ads who, who are the purveyors of Pipeline. Uh, they do have some new uh, technology coming out, manage your purchases. And, and part of that is, you know, do you want the post-sale inspection? Do you want transportation? Uh, you can get an instant quote. Uh, we, we hope that that's live at by the end of March, beginning of April, where you can say, look, here's the price. We already know what the vehicle is that you've just purchased. We know uh, the store that you're registered with. We know where the vehicle is. We can shoot your price. And so I'm really, really excited. You know, in my remarketing career, I've done a couple of big integrations. This is the biggest one. And, and working closely with them, they needed a technology partner and a transportation partner, but it's all in their manage the purchases. So after you buy purchases, buy a number of cars, you have to decide what you want to do with them, uh, loading the gate passes with them, etc. So I think you're going to see, you know, I don't know the exact circumstance uh, that you went through, Sky, but I am on a call with uh, the, s several of the executives with Auction Edge tomorrow at one o'clock. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring up your comments. You'll get a call. There's They'll my get it contact. Well, all right. I'll They'll send you the link. We're going to work together as a panel to make you a happy uh, customer. And then there'll and, be a follow-up uh, show called, How Do You Like Them Apples? No, no, no. We, we don't want to be snarky or sassy like right. that. We just want I, to I'm take sorry. care of one another. How so, do you like those apples? <laughs> no, 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 no. It is not going to happen. Uh, oh, no. That's good, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, no, it it yeah. just, you know, technology, guys, technology should solve solutions for the end user. And that's what I'm a, I'm a big purveyor in, in making sure that it's easy for end users to use and for them to adapt and adopt that technology. That's that's where it's at. I mean, any of us could have the neatest, latest, greatest mousetrap, but if people aren't using it, don't know how to use it, 
what good is it? Okay, so this might be a decent segue into physical brick and mortar versus online, right? Sky, Sky's been for years, if I think. You've been an online guy, Ahead right? of the curve, right? Way ahead. You've been on buying yeah. online forever. Yeah, I, I bought OVE my first time 10 years ago, my first car 10 years ago. But three and a half years ago, I moved 100% digital. I got tired of inhaling exhaust fumes uh, in the lane. But I spent 17 years of my career sitting in the lane, knowing all the auctioneers, driving four or 5,000 miles a month, you know, driving everywhere. And, uh, and so I, I, I do miss my friends at the auctions. I'll be honest with you. I have a lot of really good people that I, I miss in, in, in the lanes, you know, but when I was there in the lanes, you know, waiting for, uh, Bob 375 and it's, they're on Bob 15 and I'm calling the office, I'm emailing, I'm texting. I'm thinking, this is so horribly inefficient that I got to wait here till Bob 375 shows up eating my auction hot dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. So, but here's here's one of the questions I've got because the the consigners that uh, there's this repo stuff, right? Repos is a big topic right now. Is repos a big topic? Yes. And they're it's coming. something they're coming. They're coming. And they're they're where are they gonna go? Where are all the repo if they, if even if half the repos that we think so there's a number, it's a big number, repos are coming. We've been hearing it for a while. I mean, I remember Paul Machine, Black Black Book, telling us one one night on the show, he's like, dude, it's coming. So here we are. Uh, it's still coming. But I'm just curious, where do those physical cars that get physically repoed, where do they where do they go? That's what I'm trying to figure out. In my experience, they largely end up at the physical auction. There's a couple of reasons for that. Is as the agents pick up those vehicles, if there's a physical auction close by that's part of that consigner's network, they want them to take it there to avoid a lot of storage fees. They have to go through the redemption period where the, the consumer, the person who financed that vehicle has a chance to pick up the vehicle um, and, and if they can, great. If sometimes they have to even deliver them back to that uh, that uh, customer, and so you know that can get really expensive. Usually, by the time they repo the car, uh, if it's an involuntary repo, uh, which is important, uh, big distinction, because you know in my background I, I failed to give it, um, and, and 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 it's it's all, almost sad. Because I added up all the years, it means I should have retired five years ago. But I'm not even <laughs> 60 yet. But yeah, when You're I young. started out, I was with GM for 14 years. Uh, then I uh, was with IBM doing consulting and strategy stuff for five years. Volkswagen Credit managing auction ops for 10 years. Carfax for 10 years, and going on three years with Montway. I mean, that's a lot. But uh, when when you when you hear the word repo. You know, it's amazing. If you look at the Highline cars, it, a very, very high percentage of those cars are voluntary repos. Somebody screwed up. They bought a car they should have bought. Life happened. Uh, they had a medical, uh, unexpected bills, et cetera. They turned the keys in. So I, I just want to be sure that we as an industry, we don't be smirched just because a car has been repossessed. doesn't mean it's a bad car at all. Oh. Now, yeah. in, but if it was repoed and it was picked up, 
the repo agents, uh, it's not like you might see on reality TV. Those guys want to get in, get out, get there safely, handle the vehicle safely, get it back so their customer can sell it for the most money possible. And so that's another important thing is the the person who maybe maybe they're in over their head, life has given them a bad uh, a bad outcome for whatever reason. The more money that car sells for, the less that person is responsible for. So it's in everyone's best interest to pick up the car quickly, keep it safe, give them a chance to redeem it. If they can't, sell the car for the highest possible price. And, and so when we think about repos, good cars, don't badge a car or repo as a bad car. Look at the car on its own merits. Look at the condition report. Look at the pictures. And, and right now, I think those are going to represent perhaps some of the best cars out there. Because as I talk to my friends who are still consigners, there's not a lot of lease, lease returns coming back. So Company cars are going to the dealers who are on dealer council for the big OEMs. They're not going to show up at the physical auto auction. So I would just encourage dealers out there, keep an open mind. You're going to see a lot of repossessed vehicles out there. But again, a repossessed vehicle just means somebody couldn't make the note. And it doesn't mean it's a lousy car. So and, can I ask Dave a follow-up question just because I'm really because of his knowledge? So Dave, my question is for you. You brought up a lot of great points there about you know the customer and repos. Does a customer have a better opportunity digitally of getting more money for the car to help pay back the loan at a digital sale versus relying on a physical auction base when the car runs through a physical auction? I think the market that you sell it in, not all digital sales are the same and not all physical auctions are the same. So the best opportunity you have is typically the, the consigner, whoever owns a vehicle, they're not going to spend very much of any money enhancing the vehicle maybe uh, getting that uh, cracked windshield replaced or doing some other stuff, they're thinking that's good money after bad. Um, so I think it's whoever can provide the best eyes on that vehicle. And, and when you look at the physical auction companies, a good consigner should know, not only for their brand of vehicles, the age of the vehicles, but the condition of the vehicle, which auctions will get them the best money. Because it's all driven by the dealers who go there, whether they're online, or in the lane. For example, if when I was with VW, Audi, great company, great experience, uh, awesome team that I had there. If we were selling cars up in the New Jersey area, if it was an edgier car, I'd sell it at Odessa, New Jersey, and I'd get awesome money for it. If I sold that same car at Mannheim, New Jersey, I wouldn't get as much for it. But if it was a car that wasn't damaged, was a real clean car, I'd get more money at Mannheim, New Jersey. So a good consigner knows their market. They look at value retention based upon condition grade. And they, if they're not dialed into the analytics, they're not doing a good job for their company. The gut feel stuff is great, but you got to look at value retention. And back, oh boy, a long time ago, it was about 19, well, it was 19 something. And when I was working for Volkswagen Credit, I think I was one of the first guys who really looked at value retention seriously. We did it by our high volume models. We did mileage adjustments. We did it percent of MSRP. We did color adjustments. We did regional adjustments. And we really you know, just challenged the auction and said, based upon the vehicles that we're gonna give you, it's almost like a golf handicap system. You need to be retaining value and you need to be selling the cars at this clip. If you did this, we were great. If not, then you got less cars. If you did great, you got more cars. Remarketing is pretty simple 
the data. And it's really easy, if you don't understand it, to screw up and make bad decisions for your company. And guess what? The smartest guys out there are the dealers because they know the retail market and they will pick you clean And uh, because all the money in the used car business is on the buy. You can say all you want about F&I, but they're really good dealers. They know how to buy well. And they look for you to make a mistake. And you could look at them as they are demons or they're bad. Or that you could say, okay, that's steel sharpened steel. And, and so if you can keep up with them as a remarketer, as a consigner, you're doing great. Bingo. I piggyback off David. You're, you're, you're spot on. You're definitely, you're definitely a car dog. I, I could, I could tell, but uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, and, and off of James's comment, I think it's interesting segue uh, with them, with the industry that I, I, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see some digital assets from the banks going digital uh, with some of these uh, venues like ACV backlot cars and so forth. Obviously, you know, smart auction does that smart auction is selling, you know, uh, bank vehicles on, on smart auction. So it's, it's, it's there, but obviously they have a relationship with these physical auctions where they can keep those assets. So to your point, David, I think you're right that there, there has to be some sort of, you know, uh, solution where maybe it's these physical assets are going to show up at these big auctions, you know, the Odessa or the Mannheims who have the big footprints. And those are going to be the meat packing plants where the meat's going to go in. It's going to go there. And then obviously there's going to be a processing and then it's going to then the car is going to going to go in and go out. And maybe there's going to be a relationship with multiple different entities if if it can be negotiated. I don't know. Maybe that's. I think uh, what I heard Sky from Dave, he said two important things, opportunity and data, right? That is the key, opportunity and data. And as these digital auctions like ACV increase our footprint, right, there's going to be more data that's going to be driven, that's going to come out to our partners in order for them to make better decisions. And again, it goes back to education, right? I think, Dave, what worries me about this topic is the fact that we know we have a whole bunch coming, Right. So when you look at a whole bunch and the bottom line, we all need to have two things, opportunity and data to make the most education that we can. And I got the belt for the first time. I love it. Oh, <laughs> come on. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can. And I, I think can, the uh, hey, how about an applause? And Rich, you know, come on. It's important to talk about, you know, that, that I think this is what I, this is my pitch. I always remind dealers that, the auctions are the best place to source cars. It's the least amount of brain damage. Because when you buy off the street or you buy private party, you're you're having to do the deal twice. You're having to negotiate hard to get that car and deal with the nonsense with the public. You know, if there's a payoff or there's a story or whatever it may be, uh, and then get they get in the car to the dealership, and then you gotta recon it and sell it. So you're really working really hard to do that. Whereas the auctions, uh, you know, if you find a good buy at the auction, you get something back a market because you because you you source right. You're you may be more ahead than that consumer that's going to hang on to every last wooden nickel because they're not going to short sell that car private party. Uh, mm. Whereas at the auction, you could get it. You may get it. You know, two three grand back. Mm. Now that's Rich. an interesting argument because. 
we've heard so much about vehicle buying centers and consumer driveway acquisition that, uh, whoa, I smell another show. <laughs> auctions. I'm, a, I'm your auction guy. I love auctions. And Dave, I think, uh, Dave I think just I, loved that segment right there. Yeah. Hey, um, so tie back to your question on the root cause of why cars go to auction, repos go to auction. It's rooted in law because you have to establish fair market value in order to sue the debtor that defaulted on the loan. And yep. Fair market value is established by three live bids. Yep, I just couldn't say three, yep. If you don't have three live, so one bid doesn't work. You can't put a, re like a lease return, you can put out on the market and say, I want X number of dollars for this car. Somebody buys it and away they go, one time buy. You cannot do that with a repossessed vehicle because it does not establish fair market value even if somebody's willing to pay more than book for that car. Because once it goes, let's say, let's say they pay $25,000 for a car that's worth 20,000, but they owe 30,000, which is a realistic event right now. You go to court and you're gonna lose as the seller because you did not establish fair market value for that car because you only had one bid. Mm. Well, kind of not on the same topic, but uh, we had the repo bunch show, I think last week or the week before, and we learned uh, procurement. You can't just go willy nilly pick these cars up. They have to sit. Is that, have you heard of that, Rich? I'm, it's been a long time since I've been on the collection side on, on that far down, but I have talked to a couple of repo agents that I've met through you guys. Um, and, but a lot of this is turning into consumer law. I went through, it's been almost 10 years now, but I went through the consumer um, CFPB training that, uh, what is it, NAF does, National Auto Finance Association. So I went through all that and sat and listened to these lawyers talk for a week straight and then have to take a test. Mm. Everything has gotten so convoluted anymore and so rooted into the consumer that it makes this buying process for dealers. I see Sky shaking. Sky, I think oh. I've sold you a couple of cars in the past. But anyway, these guys, um, it makes their job more difficult. Wait, you just said you sold Sky Cars and then kept going. Now, wait a minute. How, how did well, that I'm happen? I'm pretty sure I sure <laughs> picked up the phone and called me one time because he bought a Jeep Wrangler that he couldn't go click, 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 click all the way through. And I had to march my happy little butt into the accounting office and go, can we just get the guy an invoice? And then I have to hear all the... Well, I got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, all the way through the alphabet to get there. And I'm like, just, I, mm. I honestly think, it, I don't know if it wasn't you, Sky, it was somebody that bought one just doing the same process. I picked up the phone and said, it's going to be X. Can I type this on a Word document? Will that work? <laughs> let me just, let me get out my pager. <laughs> yeah, I, I Matrix mean, printers for the car business. We have the okey dots. Hold on, I'm yeah. tearing off the dots. Yeah, so one of the one of the interesting dynamics that I see going on is everybody keeps talking about going to digital everything, and now you've got Chat GPT out and all this AI technology. There's one thing that's never going to change on the face of the earth, and that's we're all human beings, and we have to have relationships in order to survive. We are tribal by nature. If you get rid of that and go all digital, I mean, I, I was at a convention sitting next to you, Ty, um, and we were listening to, I'm not going to say who it was, we were listening to an expert up on the stage speak, and they said the next thing coming is we're going to write CRs and no one's ever going to touch that car. You're going to go online, you're going to buy it, and it's going to be delivered to you, and you're never going to talk to anybody. 
And I remember looking at you and I put my hands on my face and I said, <laughs> who on God's green earth wants that kind of experience every single day? Mm. People well, still let's be honest, Rich, Rich, Rich has got a great point. The, like at ACB, the most, and he said people earlier, the most, the most important people we have in our company are vehicle condition inspectors that are spending time with dealers like Sky every single day going over the condition of that car with that dealer. But I have to ask Rich a question because he put something in the chat, and it's a thing I get all the time. And Ty, you know me. I'm always trying to learn. He yeah. said as long as the data that you're presenting isn't biased. So I have to ask the second the second question being, Rich, what, what makes the data correct? What do you need to see in order to validate the data that you're getting? And then would you say that in the past, with all the data that presented to guys, it, to, uh, to you specifically, that there's so much of it being biased that you can't trust anything that you see? I'm going to try to boil this down as simple as I can keep it so I can even understand what I'm going to say. Um, when you have data, so it's just like when you're treating people. Whatever your value system is or your purpose is going to drive your data. So if you're collecting data for one purpose, and that's only to drive the price of a car, sell more cars, or whatever it is, you're going to start pulling in biases that are going to tweak your data to get what you want, but not necessarily what maybe the other party wants. And here's the easiest example to point out to this is in the um, early 2000s and mid 2000s, we'll use law enforcement. They started using data, predictive data to say, where are hot spots in a city going to be? And then guess what they do? Everything they were collecting was based on hotspots. Well, who was reporting the hotspots? What kind of data was it? It was all based on how much money you made, what the reputation of the neighborhood was, what was the ethnicity in that neighborhood. And then all of a sudden they're like, bam, they're hitting these neighborhoods and they're doing all these arrests in there. Same thing happens with every other data. If, if you clutter your data, you mix your data and it's not pure and it's, it's hard, you're never gonna get pure data. But if your biases and your purpose and your values distort that information to get what you want in the end and not what is needed, you got biased data. Mm. That's bold right there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Is that what you so, wanted, James? That's what I wanted. It's bold. <laughs> so, so, so Rich just made some really, really good points. I was fortunate. Uh, my first job or first company was work for EDSGM. And I was trained, I work as part of a, a group called the Decision Support Center of the GM Research Labs in Warren, Michigan. And through some dumb luck, uh, I was assigned uh, projects and I worked as a financial analyst, project manager underneath this young Canadian guy named Steve Carlisle. So Steve has done probably much better than I have, considering I think he's president of GM North America these days. But that was one of the things we were doing back in the, that day is, is looking at when we collected data uh, and we did uh, crazy technical stuff. No, Jay, this is not a show on 105090 risk analysis, risk assessment. Out of really? Stanford. What is but it? yeah, it's not a show. <laughs> it's not a show for this group. We can talk about it over bourbon in Las <laughs> Vegas. But the, the reality is yes. whenever we as humans absorb information, we're already looking through it through our own lens, our own biases. And mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is say, hmm, who collected the data? What's in here? You need to understand the data. 
and be able to cleanse it and filter it because what you get isn't pure and ready to use. You need to be smart enough or have people on your team smart enough to filter it a little bit better so you can use it to make great decisions because the value of data, and this is something that was pounded into me when I was young and handsome, had a lot of hair, was data is only as valuable as the decisions you're using the data for. That's the value of data. Actionable. Yes. Well, are we going to need physical auctions and online auctions for 2023? Are we going to stick with the year of the hybrid? Remember that, Jay? I think everything's hybrid. I mean, literally. Hybrid. Everything <laughs> is hybrid. Um, even hybrids are selling better than EVs. I'm pretty sure that that was the late statistic. Anyways, hybrid is the model. Yeah. It works, it's still the year of the hybrid. Well, we may have brought the year of the hybrid in, and what was that, 2020 we kept throwing that around? Something like day. that, yeah. yeah. Year of the when, hybrid. Uh, well, I, yeah. I mean, one of the things that's always intrigued me, I, I'm still a physical auction guy and would probably go to one tomorrow. Actually, I will, just because I thought of it. Uh, but I go for networking and, and to learn and to find out what you're doing and what you're doing and how have you been and how's your daughter or your cat well, or your dog. Or and John Clay Wolf is literally doing hybrid. He's doing digital in a physical setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that the one in Dallas That's where he the put the casino the in? Yeah. Yep. yeah. It looks like a casino. It, it looks like a casino. Yeah, he's doing it live. And I, and I even think you can get a bourbon there, Dave. So that'll be that'll be good. That'll be, you're all gone. Definitely got my attention. Well, so the, so the consigner is... Uh, the auction. Let's so let's say that gives. Let's is it fair to say the auction is is interested in inventory for 2023? That's that's going to maybe be a topic. Oh, that's yeah. very fair. You know, a a car to an auction, considering all the sales admin fees, the PSI fees, the buy fees. You know, the number I like to think about is a car that an auction receives from the consigner that the auction sells is worth on average $800 in revenue. That's that's a big deal. Whoa, one car at an auction. Okay. Average revenue, 800 bucks. Added up. Got the buy you side and the sell side and then the, the nickel and dime fees. Yep, nickel and dime fees, absolutely. And who pays for those? Me, the car dealer. Sky, I'm glad you came tonight. <laughs> <laughs> i just like to remind people because i i am a car dealer at heart i always will be even even in software which uh which i'm very immersed in that now but uh i'm still my allegiance is still to the car dealer and, and ty i think your first question to anybody any auction that you're dealing with should be what are your fees if they can't tell you what their fees are then you got a problem right out of the gate right Let's let's go and say, hey, what are your fees? Let's have a conversation about it. Rich just a richer film of great questions today. So he posted one up there, and if my buddy Will Morris was not on this panel, he would tell you the same thing. He goes, What's more important, the buyer or the seller? And everybody knows this, Rich. I learned this very early on in my auction days. Cars are bought at an auction. Right? Let's be honest. The consigners and your partners, it's very important, right? But cars are bought at an auction. And what we're fighting, and you guys know this is buying cars, like I've been the auctions for 20 years. The buyers go to the auctions that they trust the most, the ones that are most transparent. 
So when you hear me talking about asking about fees, like that's transparency, right? That's trust. And those are the auction that fill their lanes with people, right? Cars are sold, not bought. <laughs> Come on, take the mute off, Rich. Let's go. Here's another cars right cars are sold. They're not bought. You can't. You have to sell it before you can buy it. You can't buy it if it's never sold. So you, you have to. It it's got to be sold first. You can't sell from an empty shelf. Correct. That's right. So, oh, which yeah. side do you think I grew up on? <laughs> I've never heard an auctioneer say "bought, bought, bought." <laughs> they always say "sold, sold, sold." There we go. <laughs> We're That's on great. to something. We sure. got it. We got it all figured out. That's the okay. name of the show. Bought, bought, bought. See? <laughs> Always a new show. Always. Always another show. Guys, I can't tell you how just happy this makes me. James, this especially having you. Awesome met, panel. Really time. good conversation. Yeah. Good job. And, and uh, you. before, and, you know, I don't want to forget this. I got two notes here. Yep. Uh, okay, number one is there a, is there like a wheel, like a color wheel that, tells you in percentages the types of repo cars you know these are highly messed up these are good value cars is do you get you know i don't know how does one get a sense of the mix of the repoed cars is there no nothing there usually it's by it's by the seller or who the consigner is and what kind of paper they're selling um somebody mentioned highline cars if you're selling uh i think it was you david you're selling high-line cars, they're gonna be nice cars. If you're selling subprime or deep subprime paper, you know, they're or buy here, pay here type paper, maybe JD buy writer stuff, it's gonna be gonna be rough. rough. Yeah. Red light. <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a one on that uh <laughs> and then we're gonna do an inspection on it at the auction. We're gonna put it on a lift, and then we're gonna do a three-day buyer beware, but we're gonna give you three days as long as it doesn't break in half. By the time you get it on the truck, with some other stipulations, we're going to go ahead and sell it to you. Yeah. Really, Jay, I think the condition report, I mean, kind of falls into the category so, I think you're asking right. about. And when Rich is saying the seller, the paper, like if it says Bridgecrest or Toyota Financial or Nissan Motor Acceptance Corp, we, there's a chance it's either a repo or, and tell me if I'm wrong, anybody, but a repo or a lease turn-in. Is that fair? That's very fair who the seller is. So when you see the seller, you've got a pretty good indication. Then you look at the condition report and it'll tell you this is not probably in sky knows condition reports really well. And good buyers like sky probably know if they walk into a Toyota financial lane, they're going to know by the car, if it's a repo or if it's a lease return, there's usually some talk, there's a sign in there, it's how they announce it. Or yep. they put an account number in there. There's some little trick of the trade mm -hmm. that'll say, hey, this yep. is a lease return versus this is a repo. But the other thing is on those lease returns, if we use Toyota because we've talked about that example. If that Toyota um, financial, it's a Toyota, let's say it's Toyota Camry makes it all the way to the lane. That means the original dealer passed on it. That means every other Toyota dealership passed on it. But now it's in the lane for you to bid on it. So the question goes back to is, why is this car here? Yeah. Uh, exactly. And Rich, that car usually showed up online for a week before it got sent to the physical auction. So not only did the Toyota dealer pass on it, any other dealers passed on it that could have bought it for that first look period that wasn't exclusive to Toyota, 
then it goes through the lane and it's it's uh it's like yahtzee so to your point that that's spot on yeah but 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 let me just offer this having been around when we first started selling uh vehicles online auction and then those that weren't sold with the physical auction you're really counting on that team that's doing the floor price to make it right um they, they've got to put put a good floor on it they've got to have robust bidding because if they're off if they overprice the car the dealers are no dummies they're going to pass on it they're going to wait maybe take a look at it they'll know based upon where that vehicle is oh well that's a volkswagen credit car it's in michigan that car is going to be in chicago next week or the week after then mm-hmm. so i'm going to go there and bid on the car see it in person so don't give too much credit because if it's sold or not sold online it's largely a function of price for the car that's being offered and if they've mispriced it dealers are no dummies they're not going to buy a car that's overpriced and it may take till it gets to the physical auction before they the market really sets the price and sets it right so just a consideration Hey, um, James, that was a perfect example of biased data because what I spewed out basically said there is a problem with this car and David totally interpreted a different way to say, are you really sure there's not a problem with this car? Maybe it was in the seller had the problem and not the car had a problem. Correct. Good. It's good stuff. Well, okay, I could learn the last part. Sure. The last <clears throat> part was this because we're, ta- we're talking about doing it right and what's been done wrong. And I just want to point out again, and this is where the car certification program, different side of what we're talking about, becomes in really, it is a very helpful way. Where do you think I got the uh, quiz show answers tonight? I was looking at the NAAA site, but I know that. I mean, it, tell me more. Fill us in. How does NAAA and car and this education run the auction, how has it played out and why are people so psyched about being car certified? I, I kind of have to address that, but I asked the other guys to jump in. So a long time ago when we were developing the curriculum, uh, and I, I mentioned the names before, but I was the third person to get car certified a long time ago. Um, how it comes into play is, and I'm a firm believer, and so are the other people like Scott Cole, and, and I could name drop like crazy, but the reason why it's important is if you understand the ecosystem, if you understand the business from the dealer's perspective, from the transporter's perspective, from the physical auction perspective, from the uh, bank that's dealing with repos, if you understand that all remarketers are not the same, all auctions are not the same, uh, all consigners aren't the same, if you understand, it's sort of like you're playing on a football team. You don't just need to study your position as an offensive lineman. You need to understand the overall strategy of the game. And that's why education is so important. So you can be a better player for your company, but also be a better partner to your auctions and the other people in the ecosystem that you interact with. That's why it's so darn important. Now, I got a question on the NAAA. I've, I've, I've read a lot of the uh, arbitration guidelines just because I'm a smart dealer, but uh, not all auctions subscribe to NAAA uh, uh, arbitration or guidelines. Uh, usually, from what I've experienced, only the physical auctions subscribe to those guidelines. Uh, digital auctions usually have their own uh, arbitration guidelines. ACV, you guys have have one. Backlot Cars has one. Uh, I think Smart Auction as well, and there's a couple other ones that, as well. I uh, it just shed some light on there. I don't know if everyone's familiar with that. 
Yeah, I, I think with, with digital auctions, especially with ACV, we're wrapping our arbitration around our condition report, right? I mean, that's that's the most the, the, the biggest key. Sky almost said this five minutes ago. You're a firm believe in the, believer in this. The CR report will set you free, right? The CR report will set you free. So I know you guys have done shows about condition reports, but that really needs to be another show because being at NADA and taking a look at the advancements in condition reports, and we use Dave's point about physical and digital, condition reports are going to be vital moving forward. So I can hopefully make Rich smile and earn his trust on the data that I show him based off the condition reports he views. Yeah, they should be transparent. I think <clears throat> I I love that you have that on your background. Transparency is something word I use all the time. That the the wholesale industry lacks transparency in general. Uh, the which is real weird is the retail side wants the the consumer wants complete transparency of Carfax and history and what the for every everything the invoice what service you did to it. But you go to the auction, it's like. We're not telling you anything. It's it's as is, messed up. It's cut in half. There's no title. You may never get it. And uh, I yeah. mean, it's it, you know, as a dealer, you know, first and foremost, transparency is something that's so important to me. And as a software founder, uh, I, that is a huge hot button for me is transparency. I, I think we should all you know, be synergistic and in, in sharing and working with what we, whatever we have knowledge wise, if we're an auction, we need to, we need to make sure to James point that that CR is absolutely indicative of every aspect of that vehicle representing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, and, and just to, to run out that point is that our investment money currently is being spent at technology to support our condition report writer. So listen, it's very difficult to take, a ton of employees out in the field and get them to rinse and repeat every single condition report that they write. But here's what technology can do. It can arm them with the best tools to make the best decisions. So many of you guys saw at NEDA, we came out with something called Apex. It's a better sound system to listen to the engine. It will actually smell the interior of the car. So the way Rich smells the interior of the car, the way I smell the interior of the car, it's aligned as one, right? There's no sub subjectation to figuring out, is that a baby throw up or what is that smell? So technology with people, which Rich brought up in the beginning, arming your people with the best tools and to make a better condition report is where the industry needs to go. Wait, I, I'm going to close with a trick question for you guys. Who is ultimately responsible for the proper disclosure of the vehicle, regardless of what venue it's sold on? Who, where does the buck stop? Who's responsible? Seller. Seller. Absolutely. And, and so there, there are some lazy consigners out there that they need to get out there and know it better. You can't subcontract that to a condition report writer. You can't subcontract it out to the auction. You ultimately, as a seller, you're representing your brand, your company. And, and, and that's why I think some consigners do better on the same exact product because they do a great job disclosing, backing it up, working with the dealers because they're ultimately responsible. They don't blame the CR writers. The, hmm. uh, the consigners that are on the block, if you're at a physical sale, on the block representing their cars, 
day in and day out are the ones that are always going to bring more money because they're there and they're trustworthy. It's the yeah. ones that are repping remotely or not at all. Um, mm. yes. And those guys too, those guys that see that I've, I know that guy, I know Dave up on the block and that guy's turns out he makes friends with the guys down in the lane buying the cars, like drinks a cup of coffee with them. Hey, how you doing? That kind of stuff. Hey, buddy, help me out on this one. Okay. And I've seen, I mean, like I've seen, I'm sure everybody else has, where the dealer will actually help out the consigner guy, give him a couple extra hundred because mm -hmm. next week he took care of him back and forth. Relationship, right? Horse trading. It's all give and take. You know, that's, that's, take. that's the car business. It's people, <clears throat> relationships, it's give and take. It's not just a, a take, take, take for any side. It's not my ETAs, my ETA. Come on. You'll get it when you get it. <laughs> Well, and I was going to say, this is good. It brings us around because as talking about understanding the ecosystem, once again, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, this it's is good. And talk about a lazy consigner. It's easy to stay focused on what is important to you. But if you really want to. Mm. If you want to make it big, tune into ATI every Tuesday oh, night. Oh, shoot, Bang. man. That was a perfect. Guys, that was really good. Thank sentence. you. Thank you. That was amazing. I feel Great like we show. can keep going, but we are oh, we're at a decent stopping point. And then well, this you know, is a great crew. This would be this another crew to have on again. This has really been good. I've really learned a lot, guys. There's Thank you. No joke. I mean, yeah. yeah, Ty, thanks for helping me put this together. I mean, you assembled job, this, everybody. and wow, stellar. It's a great group. Great group. Yeah. Thank you. Good show. Good show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you, John. Thanks, everybody. Guys. Talk to you later. We'll see you at the next trade show. All right. Okay, there they go. They're signing off. Thanks, guys, so much. All right, and we, uh, I don't know what we did there. We just, uh, <laughs> that was amazing, actually. Um, it's quite a show. feel really good about that. Um, thanks for jumping in the live chat saying hello. And if you've got an idea for ATI, we want to know what it is. Whether it's feedback, show idea, somebody we should talk to. I'm scheduling Zoom meetings all the time to try and uh, meet new people, learn more about companies, products, information, whatever it is. So that's what we do here. It's ATI Auto Business, and it is an automotive business channel focused on education. We're on YouTube. Thank you, John Larrick. Thank you guys so much. I want to thank Rapid Recon, Superflow Systems, Ship Your Car Now, McAllister's Transportation Group, and Ship.Cars. I also want to thank tonight's guests, James Raymond at ACV, Rich Levine at Dignity Leadership, Sky Hallman, One Auction View, and Dave Sutton at Montway. Really do appreciate your input. Ty Thompson, thanks for what you do. Um, really appreciate it. Please do join us tomorrow if you are looking for live carrier advice. We've got a show tomorrow at noon, 30 minutes with Brian Riker, your DOT guy, FMCSA, DOT, building business, carriers, brokers, dispatchers, etc. Um, Thursday is Dispatching Live, 90-minute introspective into... Let's take a look at that dumpster fire in real time. I mean, when you see, we got a 22 cent per mile load. Someone sent me today. We're going to look at that. What's that, what's going on with that? Um, and uh, and then Friday, another great cars on the move lined up. We've got uh, Ben Goodman and Bill Elizondo. Buy here, pay here with NIADA, 20 Grooves, Dealer Academy, 
pretty good stuff happening there. So um, please do join us for that. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Really do appreciate you. Here comes the car hauler. I think it's getting a little bit warmer overall. Stay safe, stay warm, stay educated. Thanks for watching ATI. Good night.